Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hey everyone, welcome back to Alabama AgCast. This is the very first AgCast Extra. I'm Casey Rogers, Director of State Legislative Programs for the Alabama Farmers Federation. I'm excited to have our Alabama State House team back with us in the studio today. We have our Director of External Affairs, Matthew Durden, our Director of Agriculture Legislation, Preston Roberts, and our Ag Council, John Allen Nichols. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. AgCast Extra, right? Here we go. It's good to be here. Just full of all kinds of tricks this week. That's right. Always. Been a good week for us, too, though. Oh, yeah. We've had a, I would say, a very exciting week in the State House. Um, I guess first and foremost, let's talk uh, Let's talk victories. Let's talk Senate Bill 294, the small farm winery bill. Yeah, just passed the House of Representatives. Um, we had to take an amendment, but we, we feel like it's a good amendment. Includes most all small farm wineries in Alabama, and I think we alluded to this last week. We, uh, we, we thought we had a good shot at it. Um, you know, just to let everybody know what, what the definition of a small farm winery is, according to this bill, it's it's uh, any any winery that produces its wine on its own farm, uses more than 50% uh, Alabama fruit, and produces less than 50,000 gallons of wine uh, per year on their farm. So uh, all those that are out there are now able to self-distribute, take to local restaurants and, um, and retail outlets on their own, where in the past they've had to go through a three-tier system, use the ABC uh, stores, and, and, and that has been a problem for them because of shelf space and lack of manpower um, and also they're just not big enough to be picked up by distributors so you know we've heard from a few of them today after this has been passed and it's uh it is a really big day for the alabama small farm wineries no doubt and i think this is a good example of our policy development system and really how our organization functions i mean this issue came from Vicki Watkins over at Whippoorwill Vineyards, who's on our board in Tallapoosa County, had this issue, uh, brought it through policy development, and it was adopted by all 500 voting delegates, and that's something that we went to work on, and it didn't happen overnight, but um, we kept plugging away, and over, you know, three or four years, we're able, finally able to be successful, so an exciting day and a, and a good victory to kind of wrap things up for us in this last couple of weeks. No doubt. I, uh, since 2013, I can remember working on this bill. Uh, it was in its early stages, and, uh, you know, we run into some roadblocks, whether it was somebody that was, you know, thinking we were encroaching on their, on their turf or this was going to open the door for some other type of alcohol distilleries to come in and start doing the same thing. But, you know, the legislative process is, you know, they call it making sausage. And, man, it's been really that type of process. We've had to take on, you know, we've learned a lot, too. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, we've got just as good a bill today in 2021 uh, as we would have in uh, 2013 when we really started working on this. So uh, great job by all. And, hey, the, the, our counterparts who helped us in this bill, from the big, big distributors to uh, the mid-level uh, wineries to the ABC and to our House leadership, Senate leadership that, um, you know, believed in this process and kind of sees that this is important to Alabama. And, and again, I think this helps uh, the Alabama tourism market, our agritourism uh, businesses as well. So big day for us. And, uh, man, it's something we ought to celebrate, no doubt. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm going to pause this right there for a brief break, and then when we get back to AgCast Extra, we'll dive into legislative session a little bit deeper. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Welcome back to Alabama AgCast, everyone. We are here with our external affairs team for the AgCast Extra. And uh, we just talked small farm wineries, Bill. That is a great victory um, for us today in the state house and for our small farm wineries um, across the state. And let's talk a little bit about, I, I think we've had a few more victories. Um, and so I think, I think let's, let's highlight those. Yeah, the um, another victory this week and kind of the last stage in the process for the police jurisdiction and planning jurisdiction bill. It was signed by the governor earlier this week, so excited to get that finally across the finish line. One that we're still waiting on the governor's signature is our farm and forest products tag uh, bill that passed several weeks ago by Representative Wes Allen from down in in Pike County. So still waiting on that. We're we're optimistic that it'll be signed and and kind of. Uh, jump that last hurdle uh, here in the next few weeks. Uh, Casey, you've been pretty heavily involved in Senate Bill 215, the Broadband Expansion Authority. Can you kind of give us an update on what's going on and what the status of that bill is? I think we are, we're in a good place, but I think our our timing is a little bit precarious um, just because I think, you know, we're winding down, finishing day 27 today. Um, essentially, it's the Connect Alabama Act of 2021. Um, it would create the, the Digital Expansion Authority um, and, you know, really create a funding catch-all, if you will, um, to help fund broadband for the state and to set the infrastructure that we would need to lead that charge. Um, and so I think it's important for, for rural Alabama, it's important for our farmers um, to see them progress in, in what they do um, and to be able to easily do that. It's also very important for education in rural communities. Um, and so we will see how that goes next week, um, but hopefully, um, I believe, um, we, we've reached an agreement, and, and hopefully moving forward, that won't be an issue. I think timing is going to be our biggest issue. Technology is important, and you got to have you got to have the broadband and the bandwidth to do it. So, uh, this is this is the vehicle that helps deliver that to our our, our rural Alabamians and, and our rural customers and and the farmers out there in in rural areas. So, uh, hopefully hopefully the two houses can get their um, ideas aligned and, and agree on something, and we can get that one signed next week as well. So it's cleared both houses. I think there's a conference committee coming up where they'll both discuss their differences and hopefully get those ironed out and uh, get that bill moved on to the governor as well. And kind of the thought, too, behind that bill, right, is is a, a home for federal funding. We kind of mm-hmm. expect there to be a lot of federal funds for broadband expansion in rural areas, and right now there's really not... Uh, a home for those funds uh, that could be easily distributed to projects that are that are m- really making a difference and and moving that needle. So agreed. And and you know with ADECA they do a great job given the funding that they have, but there's just not a mechanism right now to capture any federal funding that was going to come and be dispersed at the statewide level of this capacity. Um, and unfortunately, it, it it's going to take quite a deal of money to do that. Um, and so I think this is just the first step up in that process of really reaching those 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 end of 
end of the line users um, in our most rural areas and I, I think that's a great step in the right direction and so the more we can have this implemented and capitalize on federal funding the better. Yeah and thank you Casey for serving on the advisory committee and uh, representing our folks well so appreciate that. Absolutely. I know that's something that is um, is kind of on the forefront of our, our thoughts and minds next week, but we've got a, a lot of other big things coming down the pipeline. Let's talk um, a little bit about medical marijuana and dive into that, and then um, we'll visit visit the other elephants in the room after. Yeah, well... I think where we are right now is, um, you know, we kind of anticipated that today may be the day that, that a lot of controversial stuff um, hit the floor in the House, and it looks like that they went ahead and just wanted to pass some non-controversial Senate bills that were laying out there, and I think the Senate passed 23, 25 House bills today to try to get back even with, with, the, with the, I guess, the equalization of House bills and Senate bills passing each body. So both of those chambers seem to clear out a lot of the non-controversial stuff. And, you know, lo and behold, we wait till the last two, three days left of legislation, legislative session to uh, knock out all the really controversial stuff that could eat a lot of time and could eat three more days. But uh, I think medical marijuana is one of those that um, most people right now either know they're a yes vote or a no vote, and both sides are trying to figure out how to get it passed or how to get it killed. So um, we're, we don't have a strong stance on that either way. Uh, we've been, you know, kind of in the group and in the messaging and, and watched what's happened. Our, our position is we want it to be as tight as possible if it's going to happen, and we want Alabama farmers to be involved in growing it if it's going to happen and become law. So uh, that one will stand on the sidelines and watch and see how it plays out uh, next week. I think um, next Tuesday, Thursday could be some really, really long days as far as the Alabama legislature is concerned. Absolutely. I think it's interesting how, you know, you can only project so much in terms of the Alabama legislature. That's something that I'm heavily learning um, this session as it's my first in, in the state. Um, and so, you know, coming back to that, we thought today was going to be the day. And so here we are again. And I think next week we look towards that. Um, and it's like that in a normal year where it's sometimes hard to figure out exactly what's going on. And it's extra hard when you know, we're we're trying to figure out what's going on from our offices because we're not allowed, you know, much into the state house. So that has added to the challenge of, of, of trying to figure out exactly what's gonna what's gonna come. And I think, you know, on the podcast, um, I guess it was last week or earlier this week, we kind of made some predictions and thinking that you know uh, medical marijuana was going to do this or the gambling bill was going to do that. And you know, I've it can all change in a day. We've, we've learned that. Yeah, and I think one thing that, you know, not to get down in the weeds to our listeners, uh, both budgets have now passed. So that that clears the way for another procedural vote that sometimes we use. It's called the BIR, the Budget Isolation Resolution. Um, that is now no longer in play next week. So um, it's, it's up or down votes from here on out. So there's not a three-fifths vote required to bring the bill up and so on. So... Uh, you know, that is that is a move that I think has been done on purpose, and I think that is the, the, the purpose is, is to get these bills up so they've got debate on the bill and not on, on the procedural uh, 
part of the bill. So uh, those are gone. So it's now it's it's they're live. We should say, and and both of them could could come to the floor and and get an up or down vote uh, next week. And, and they may wait till the thirtieth day too, which we anticipate being May seventeenth. So uh, we'll just keep an eye on it and and see what happens from here. Last but certainly not least, I know that um, we are predicting that the lottery and gaming might come up in the future as well. So let's talk a little bit about that. I know that we had a deep dive last time we were on the, the podcast, but let's just give an update of where we are looking into next week. This is one of those, there's several pieces of legislation floating around out there um, dealing with this lottery, and, and one is that constitutional amendment, and that's that's what has to happen first. That the, Our constitution, you know, it, it outlaws gaming. We're not allowed to have gambling or gaming in the state, um, except for some specific uh, exceptions that they applied there. And so first, we've got to amend the constitution to allow this. Well, the only constitutional amendment out there right now is a constitutional amendment that allows for a lottery, but allows for a lot of other things, too. And this late in the legislative session, it's just it's kind of concerning that we're opening the box to something so big and so complex um, without a lot of time to deliberate. And, and with, like Preston and Matthew have mentioned, you know, restricted access to the state house. I mean, it's just been a difficult time for, for constituents to, con- uh, to connect with their legislators and to have meaningful conversations about this stuff. And now here we are with basically three days left in the legislative session to tackle one of the most complex pieces of legislation um, in recent Alabama history, and so I've I've got a lot of concerns. The more I read this these bills, the more concerns that I that I see, and so I just worry about kind of what this looks like for us moving forward. Yeah, good point, John Allen, and and also you know the bill hasn't really even been introduced in committee yet in the House. Uh, any of the gambling bills, so uh, the earliest that could be is probably Tuesday. Um, it, it could get its uh, second reading on Tuesday if the House takes it up and. Um, gets committee reports on Tuesday, so we could actually see gambling on Thursday is the earliest we could see gambling next week. Medical marijuana could be Tuesday. So back to what we're saying, I mean, it's going to be a jam-packed week, and, um, you know, that's just what kind of what we're laying out is if it happens, uh, gambling looks to be the, the one that could be the last two days of the session. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do on those. Um, better yet, we, we hear that there's a substitute to the gambling bill. Uh, that means for our listeners that's a different bill than what the Senate passed. This, the House has been working on one. Here we are Thursday night um, and uh, getting ready to go into a long weekend, and we still don't even know what the substitute looks like on that. So to, we, we can tell you our fears of the bill that, that is passed. Some of those could have been addressed. Some of them could get worse than the substitute. So um, I would just ask our members to stay really engaged in this with your local legislators, your House members specifically, because that's who's got the next vote on it. Um, but, you know, it's just it, it's always like this. It's usually the budgets that come down to the last two days because people are moving monies around to different agencies or different line items. But now it's two big issues that are, you know, been talked a lot about the media. Even the national media kind of brings these to light. But uh, it's it's really important to our members, and these are these are bills that are important to to people. Uh, most budget things are important to agencies and departments and organizations. These bills. Uh, that are coming down are important to people, and that's the difference where I see where we're going the last week of this session versus the last week of, you know, the last couple sessions. 
And what I would tell our members is we're not even asking for a no vote at this point. We're just asking for more time. I think the right thing to do at this point is to regroup when folks can have more meaningful access to the State House and when members can gather with their constituents to break down some of the details of this bill. Um, and we've all had time to carefully consider the impact that this legislation could have on the state. No doubt. No doubt. Casey, you got anything to add on it? I think that's incredibly important, um, and I think our, our member engagement is probably paramount. Um, and so I would I would absolutely reiterate what John Allen said and just reach out to um, to your House members. Um, tell them how you feel about it. Tell them your concerns. Um, that's, that's what they're there for, um, and I know that they'll welcome that. Um, without further ado, I just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in with us today. Um, we've enjoyed being in the studio with you guys, what is this, twice in the last week. So, um we hopefully we're getting better as we go along. But again, this is Casey Rogers, um, director of state legislative programs. We've had Matthew Durden, the director of external affairs, Preston Roberts, the director of ag legislation, and our agriculture council, John Allen Nichols, with us today. We're your external affairs team at the Alabama Farmers Federation, and we proudly represent you in the Alabama State House. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama Ag Credit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.